Hello, I'm Mason Masters. Welcome to Journeyman Sports. And now, ladies and gentlemen, climbing in the Netherlands, it's time to meet award number one. Here's a four-time reigning and defending Premier League champion and a three-time champion of the world, mighty Michael. That gave you goosebumps, right? With the MC on the mic, the White Hot crowd chanting the champ's name, it's incredible. You're probably wondering who this Michael Van Gerwen guy is, though. Is he a boxer? MMA fighter? Not exactly. That clip is from a championship bout, and Michael Van Gerwen is the pound-for-pound best. But he rules the world of pro darts, which I assure you is in fact a real thing. So brace yourselves, we've got a lot of singing, drinking, and shouting ahead. For those of you listening in North America, you might only know darts as that game in the corner that's gathering dust at your bar. But darts is way more than that cheap plastic contraption taking up too much space. Darts is a powerhouse in Europe, beloved by those in the UK, Ireland, and the Netherlands. And it's gone from being played in smoky pubs to being showcased on some of the biggest stages in Europe. Modern darts is a Frankenstein creature when you look at it. In the Premier Darts League, the highest paying circuit in the world, it appears to be made up of one-third fight culture, one-third soccer culture, and one-third bachelor party, or stag night for you non-Americans. Match days come complete with pyrotechnics, cheerleaders, and enough beer to kill Andre the Giant. Much of it feels familiar, but when stitched together, pro darts creates an experience unlike anything else in the sports landscape. So, how the hell did we get from the pub to primetime TV? The basic idea of darts has been around for hundreds of years, but the modern game came into existence near the turn of the 20th century. Brian Gamlin created the numbered dart board that we see today back in 1896. At that time, boards were made from wood, and for carpenters like Gamlin, creating them was something of a side hustle. Gamlin designed his board to ward off lucky shots by placing high-scoring numbers, like 20, in between numbers like 5 and 1. It was genius, but sadly Gamlin died in 1903 before he could actually patent this invention. Gamlin's board and the game of darts were perfect for its time. A simple game with enough skill to separate players and minimal moving parts, three to be exact, darts exploded in public houses across the British Empire and Europe. There were a few different versions under this umbrella known as darts, but today we're going to focus on the O1s. In this version, players try to be the first to get the score down from 301 or 501 to exactly zero. If a player goes past zero or busts, their score resets to what it was before their turn. Each player throws three darts per turn while standing exactly seven feet, nine inches away from the board. The board itself is split into pie wedges that range in value from one to 20. Within each pie, there are double and triple point zones. So a 20 can turn into a 40 or a 60, depending on where your throw lands. The bullseye in the middle of the board also has a double, which is worth 50 points. And the highest score a player can throw in a single turn is three triple 20s or Exactly. 180. Darts had firmly become part of British bar culture by the end of World War I, 
Prize money was starting to go from a friendly back bar wager to organized events between pub teams. By the late 1920s, the National Dart Association was putting on annual championships in England. That would be disrupted by World War II, and after the war, the UK would struggle to create a new governing body for the sport until the National Darts Association of Great Britain, or the NDAGB, was established. The NDAGB was shrewd enough to know that getting their product on TV would be a key to the future of darts. The first televised darts game was broadcast in 1962, and then quickly after broadcasters like ITV and the BBC would broadcast darts regularly through the following decades. This would lead to the creation of the first true darts circuit, the Pro Darts Organization in 1973. The British darts organization was full of sponsorships and TV partnerships, and would take off, hosting nearly a thousand tournaments a year by the 1980s. Not everyone had hopped aboard the Darts Express, however. The culture around the sport was soaked in booze and gambling, turning many off to the game. TV stations got back on coverage due to family backlash, which put strain on the BDO. Some of the organization's top players broke off in the early 90s, feeling that the BDO could no longer compensate them fairly, and the premier dart corporation was created, which would revolutionize how darts was perceived and viewed in this current era. For one, the PDC didn't shy away from the party culture of darts. They encouraged the drinking, the singing, and they asked their players to wear their hearts on their sleeves. Before the PDC, darts was a game unable to take the leap from its seedy past into the present. The PDC refined the parts of the game that people didn't like while embracing the atmosphere that they did. And I think the best representation of this is in the intro I played for you at the top of the show. I know podcasts are really lacking in the visuals, so allow me to paint you a word picture. There's really no easy way to say this. Michael Van Gerwen looks like Uncle Fester. He's alarmingly pale, bald head. He's a little overweight, sporting a bowling shirt that's cluttered with the names of his sponsors. As the MC screams his name and the music blasts, he walks through the assembled crowd with a smile on his face. Giant sparklers go off on stage, where the board is set, and cheerleaders who look like they might have missed their flight to Dallas dance on stage. Also on stage is Michael Van Gerwen's opponent, an equally pale middle-aged man sporting a bowling shirt and also a beer gut. It's honestly a little mind-scrambling to watch, but I think that's kind of the point. Much like pro wrestling, pro darts understands that it is fundamentally silly when you take a step back and think about it. This entrance is fitting of Conor McGregor. A large portion of the fun comes from seeing his exact opposite body type stroll onto the stage. Fans are another huge factor. Crowds are encouraged to drink heavily. Most of the venues on the circuit put long tables down the middle of the hall, which give the proceedings a European beer hall feel. And a lot of people wear ridiculous costumes, and they rarely ever stop making any noise. I mean, it really feels like you're watching two guys at the back of a pub. But, you know, the guy next to you is dressed like a Teletubby. And I think the thing that I find most interesting about all of this is how positive the whole thing seems to be. I don't think I've ever heard a boo at any of these events. Sure, the fans might have a favorite, but they'll cheer for that sweet 180, no matter who hits it. Everyone is just happy to be there, soaking in the good times with their friends. And in the current sports landscape, where people tweet death threats to players that make mistakes, or boo their own team for not converting that third down in the first quarter, I think the surprising bastion of positivity that is the modern pro dart circuit has crafted exactly what more of us need. So thanks for listening to my inaugural episode. Uh, this has really been a dream of mine for a while, and I'm so grateful to all of the people who have pushed me to go chase something outside my comfort zone. There's going to be a total of four episodes in this first batch. Um, I mean, I'm currently recording this in the closet of my in-law's basement. Shout out to Terry and Dave. So uh, 
please be patient. Uh, please tell me uh, what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, that feedback will go a long way in making an even better product for you guys. So thank you so much for the support. It, it honestly means a ton. Um, I might not know many of you listening, but uh, the fact that you're listening makes me one of the happiest people. So if you liked what you just listened to, please subscribe and leave a review. If you're a curious person like me, be sure to check out the Journeyman website, creatively named thejourneymansports.com for more great long-form stories. And you can follow along on social media as I shoot spitballs from the back of the internet. Again, thank you so much. We'll meet again soon. One hundred and eighty.